are joined in this segment by State Representative Tim Butler, frequent guest, good friend of ours. Tim, good morning. Before uh, Greg bores you with all of the State Fair <laughs> stuff, you know, we got to get the. Are we, are we going out with Louisville Sluggers to go find Ron Man, Rob Manfred and get baseball rolling again? What What is Boy, going this on is, here? You know, for all the problems that that Major League Baseball has had in our lifetimes, you would think they'd get this straight but yeah. geez louise you, uh, you would hope just, that both sides would figure it out yeah it's it's so simple make it make it uh one pay you know with that they go and then when the crowds are allowed back in give them a set for their full pay you know, or whatever but, but no one has been able to figure this out well, didn't, you know? wasn't there a season gosh i must have been in sixth grade when this happened wasn't there a season that didn't happen mm-hmm. yep nice. because it's like uh contract negotiations or something like yeah. that 94 94 was the yeah. strike season, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Again, yeah, I was in sixth the grade back then. World Series had run through World War One, World War Two, you wow. know, all the others, but Wild. but uh, the baseball strike took it down. And well, now, now we can't get these two sides together. Well, Representative, uh, we got another, something else historic that's happened here. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker canceling the uh, Illinois State Fair here in Springfield the first time since uh, World War Two, uh, and yeah. this is going to impact this community uh, tens of millions of dollars. What's your reaction here? Yeah, you know, there was a study a few years ago from the University of Illinois that said the state fair, um, the Springfield Fair, has a economic impact of about $86 million. And that's, that's, that's a study that's several years old now. So, you know, I, I don't think anybody would imagine that we were going to have a, a normal state fair this year, given everything that's going on. But, you know, what I'm really disappointed in is, is you know, how this impacts the vendors, how this, how this impacts the kids who, you know, uh, are showing, you know, we're going to show livestock, how this this really impacts our community and, you know, the families that show up and go to the state fair and everything. It's, it's a great event for our community. So, you know, I'm really disappointed that we, we couldn't figure out a way to kind of maybe reimagine the state fair this year. Uh, obviously, you know, we weren't going to have concerts or anything like that, but uh, it's a 300 and 60 acre facility that I think we could have done some things out there. I think we could have done some things virtually that, that allow people to participate as well. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not the, the avenue that the governor's operation wanted to go down. And I think it's a, it's a sad day for Springfield when we canceled the state fair for the first time since world war two. Well, this is just the latest punch from COVID-19 for the Springfield area. Lay out some of the other problems, or I guess some of the other impacts that we've seen over the past three months from cancellations and you guys not being in town for the uh, the General Assembly and so on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, everybody knows that Springfield's a government town. And when when government basically has been shut down, when General Assembly, you know, uh, we've only been here for a handful of days uh, this spring, uh, that has a huge impact on the local economy. When when a lot of the state buildings have been shut down, a lot of state workers continue to work from home to, to deal with the pandemic. And, you know, all you have to do is go to downtown Springfield this morning, and you can see that it's just not the same impact on, uh, on you know, our community as far as, you know, people going to restaurants, people grabbing their coffee in the morning, doing whatever. Uh, you know, that makes a big impact. You look at a place like the BOS Center that, that has been completely shut down. Um, a wide variety of things. I've talked to, and we've mentioned this a couple times, you know, in the last few weeks. I've talked to my friend Todd Miller a few times about the sliders, and you have all sorts of activities that, that you know, have been canceled, as have, have been in, you know, communities across the nation. But, you know, Springfield gets impacted immensely because of uh, state government. And, and when we're not doing things for state government, that has a real negative impact on on the economy. And then that, you add on top of that, 
what we saw with the announcement with Memorial Health System a few days ago, the, the impact that COVID's had on the, the healthcare industry and the, the fact that we're not seeing the numbers coming in for, for people for healthcare, even though we're trying to deal with the pandemic. So it's a tough time, that's for sure. State Representative Tim Butler is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Uh, Representative talking about the fair again. Why, there didn't seem to be any kind of talk whatsoever about a scaled down event. Why do you think that was? Yeah, I, you know, I, I had a couple conversations with Director Costello. He, you know, Jerry and I get along very well. I've known him. He was in the legislature. His, his former legislative district goes right up to the boundaries of the DuCoin State Fair. So I think he, he's intimately familiar with these, with these events. But I, I think this was something where they just, um, you know, I think, I think a decision was made from the governor's office. Uh, that they weren't going to have the state fair. I, you know, when the governor had been talking about it for a couple of months now that it probably wasn't going to happen, I think the decision had, had been made. And I, I would imagine that Jerry and, and Kevin Gordon, the fair manager, probably looked at maybe some other ways to do it. But but at the end of the day, I think it was a decision from from the governor's office. And, and you know, my you know frustration is the fact that if, if you were, you've been talking about it for a couple of months, maybe we could have gotten a group of people together to kind of reimagine the fair this year and do do something to comply with the state law that says that we shall have a state fair every year. You mentioned uh, on social media, Representative Butler, uh, that there's no penalty in the uh, Illinois State Fair Act uh, uh, if the fair doesn't happen. Um, do you do you foresee that there could possibly be a lawsuit filed if the um, parameters of the, the, the State Fair Act aren't followed uh, to, as it says, shall happen in Springfield and DeCoin? Uh, annually, yeah, I, I, you know, certainly the potential is there if someone would like would like to go to court. I, I think it would be, um, you know, uh, I mean, just just have to look at some of the existing lawsuits that are going on that have not been rectified yet when it comes to the governor's emergency powers and thinking the fact that if you would do something about you know go to court over the state fair law, then you know it'd be months down the road before we get to any conclusion. And I, I think that that would be difficult. You know, I again, I, I don't I think the governor uh, is outside of his authority to be able to cancel the state fair. Uh, and I think that's why I wish he would have, you know, worked collaboratively with the community to figure something out else out. I mean, it really other than saying that we have a state fair that's devoted to agriculture, basically is the definition to it. There, there's not a lot of parameters around what the state fair would mean, which means, you know, we could reimagine something in a COVID world as to as to what the state fair could be. So we could comply with the state law. Well, and I think the state law does spell out something of the effect of, uh, you know, certain types of uh, competitions and, uh, you know, laying out the rules for those types of things. So we'll see how that, all that plays out. There will be some kind of competitions virtually or very limited on the grounds. Uh, so we still have yet to see all those details. And Representative, um, one of the big criticisms uh, of Governor J.B. Pritzker's orders uh, beyond the initial 30 days have been that uh, this seems to be unilateral. Uh, there were no uh, conversations. You guys in the General Assembly didn't take any votes. And we've got essentially a uh, restructuring of sorts of the entire state economy with uh, all kinds of regulations being unilaterally put on bars, restaurants, manufacturers, uh, office buildings, and so on. Uh, and this has led to a lot of economic turmoil. Um, so now that uh, you, you guys are not any longer in session, uh, one thing that the legislature did pass was a Restore Illinois Commission 
Uh, and this commission in the uh, legislation says it's created to participate in and provide input on plans to revive sectors of the state's economy. Is this enough to provide a check of the governor's authority, or what exactly is this commission? No, it's 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 not what we need to have a check on the governor's authority. This is something that was contained in a in a pretty broad, wide-ranging piece of legislation that passed during the, the, the session that we had. But, you know, this, the Collaborative Commission, as it's called, is 14 members of the General Assembly, eight Democrats, six Republicans. The Speaker and the Senate President get to appoint the co-chairs. And it's supposed to work in collaboration with the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. You know, our... You know, I know the House Republicans for for months now have been saying that you know we need we wanted an up or down vote on the governor's plan in in the, in the session that we had this spring. That didn't happen. We wanted more collaboration from the governor's office and talking to us. That has not happened. So this commission, which which has a report, <laughs> its first report is due in on July one. Yeah. So this commission just got created. You got a report that's due in a couple weeks, which. Um, the, the General Assembly does not have a very good track record of meeting deadlines when it comes to reports. The Ethics Commission then, failed to put something yeah. out before um, the end of March. March, end of March. The Property yeah. Tax Commission uh, failed to put something out before the end of the year. So do you think the track record here is going to have something produced by the 1st of July? This this is going to be more of the same. Uh, it's not going to allow for true collaboration. You know, the governor's office actually had reached out to the General Assembly before we went back into session saying that they were going to set up, I think, 18 different working groups for reopening Illinois. So I was asked from our staff to be on the transportation reopening group. Well, that was like six weeks ago that I got asked that. And that that has, I, I haven't heard anything about any of those meetings happening. And now we've got this commission, which, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's an avenue for discussion at least, but it, it certainly won't accomplish anything I'm trying to have the General Assembly and, and a larger swath of people involved with trying to uh, reopen the state. Uh, Representative, one thing I've been trying to wrap my head around is why won't the General Assembly just act on this? I mean, they've got the Democratic supermajority. The governor's a Democrat. If they want to give him the power, they have the, the numbers there. At least I think they have the numbers there with just party affiliation to make it happen. And if this is such a large public health concern... Uh, and, and giving the governor this type of authority, why do you think the legislature hasn't acted on this? Because I don't think the votes are there on the Democrat side to to give through legislation uh, what the governor is doing under his his emergency executive orders. I don't think the support is there on the Democrat side if you actually had to put it up for a vote to give him these expanded powers. Uh, I don't think he'd have the votes for it. So I think. I think the Democrat leadership has decided to forego a vote on it because they know it wouldn't happen. And I think it's I think it's as easy as that. They're allowing the governor to to run the state unchecked and it shouldn't be the way that we do it. It really shouldn't. How quick should the courts chime in on this? Well, I I would hope that they would they would they would move quickly. But but that's not how the court system works, unfortunately. You know, Representative Bailey's suit is still in is still in circuit court, basically. And, um, you know, that's that's how the court system works. Um, And. Um, you know, I think the legislature, even though we act slowly sometimes, the legislature could certainly move quicker than the than the judicial branch does sometimes. And, and either um, if the Democrats want to give him these expanded powers, they could or curtail him, which which I think is what we should do. 
State Representative Tim Butler is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. One more question, Representative. I, I have a friend of mine that uh, is a business owner, and he was noticing that a few other business owners were, were opening up a little sooner than, than he was and uh, <laughs> called for a clarification, you know, you know called, called the state for a clarification. They said that, no, that those, those uh, businesses were in violation, but, no, there's nothing we can do about it, and he's kind of added to it. I mean, how responsible is... Is it for rules to come down from the governor and not be with any teeth to be enforced? Well, it's 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 up to the local um, health departments to enforce those rules, and and you have a wide variety of opinions across the state of Illinois. I was at a restaurant in downtown Springfield this, a week ago, Monday for our anniversary. Uh, sat outside, yet there was multiple people sitting inside uh, at the restaurant, and you know this is this is the. This is the problem that the governor doesn't understand. The pa- the state has passed him up, and he needs to deal with the situation on the ground today, not what he believes that the situation should be. The state's passed him up. He's got to deal with that that and, and, and conform his plans to the way people are actually living their lives today instead of how he imagines that people should live their lives. And, and this has been a real frustration for a lot of us for a long time now. State Representative Butler, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, Tim. Thanks, guys. Take care.